Upsell listeners, welcome back to the show. Because it is the middle of summer and it is really hot, we are going to go straight to the freezer aisle in Whole Foods to talk about ice cream. And we're going to do it for the rest of this episode, not the freezer aisle, thank God, but ice cream cream related topics. (laughs) My name is Daniel Janine. I am a producer here at Eater and I am joined as always by my co-host, our editor-in-chief, Amanda Clute. Hey, let's go to Whole Foods. Amanda, we're doing some field reporting at Whole Foods in Tribeca, in the freezer aisle. We are in the freezer aisle. We are checking out all the ice creams at a typical, atypical, but, you know, somewhat representative American grocery store. We wanted to see what the makeup is now of a freezer aisle. It is wild and colorful. Yeah, I mean, growing up, you had basically a few options. You had your Haagen-Dazs, your Ben & Jerry's. Um, Briars was big in my region and then slowly but surely other brands started creeping in and now it's kind of intense there's a lot that we're looking at right now yeah the eye is being pulled in many directions right now what do you see what do you see here I mean it should be noted first of all that we are standing under a sign Mm -hmm. that says ice cream subcategory non-dairy ice cream there is three full freezers three full freezers full of non-dairy then there's two full freezers full of local to New York ice creams, so just made in New York ice creams. And then we have and then we have another freezer of gluten-free non-dairy ice cream. And, and then also regular ice cream. And then you've got some of the regulars, you know, yeah, your, your Ben and Jerry's, ben and Jerry's yeah. Jenny's, fancy ice cream coming from Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. The, mo- the most obvious takeaway here is just how much Halo Top there is. There's when it, yeah, yeah. There's at least, I mean, at least a freezer and a half. A freezer and a half of Halo Top. One of their dairy, one of their non, a half of their non-dairy. Uh, super bright, super colorful. The calorie count blasted on the front. Yeah. Um, as you know, Halo Top is America's best-selling ice cream. Number one selling pint. Number one selling pint. When they put it in Walmart... Uh, it became like the number one seller across all Walmart ice cream. It's just like a crazy winner in this category. When did you first hear about Hale Top? I guess a year ago. People started writing trend pieces about it. I wasn't really aware of it. I've never even tried it before. I think I'm going to try it for the first time today. Yeah, it's not really your. It's not really your category. It's not, not my thing. I mean, yeah. I'm a big. I'm a big ice cream lover. So I usually go for more purist ice cream. I'm not really thinking about the calories when I'm eating ice cream. I'm thinking about the taste and what's in it and so I'm gonna be more in the local freezer aisle or I'll go Ben and Jerry's. Well I think at, at Whole Foods specifically that, that what we're really seeing is that there are far more ice creams advertising the way in which they are not regular ice cream yeah, than the there point. are ice creams that are just you know regular old ice creams you know yeah, you a la see, mode. You see a lot of buzzy things uh, you see a lot of organic you see coconut you see avocado you see a lot of soy and dairy-free and Mm -hmm. a lot of focus, yeah, on what people's dietary restrictions may or may not be. But notably, as you mentioned before, not much diet branding. All of these are... these days, in the 90s, everything was diet. Now everything is health. So it's all about trying to pitch this to you as a health food product or something that's good for you. Yeah. Which, of course, it's not, but if it makes you feel better, fine. So we wouldn't want to leave without trying something. Amanda Clute has never tried Halo Top. What... I mean, to get us into this episode, we should try some. We'll try a, a non-dairy. A non-dairy and a dairy. So I was thinking non-dairy. Uh, caramel macchiato. Caramel macchiato. Let's get it. And for dairy, I was thinking just a, a cookie dough. Maybe okay. candy bar is better than actually. Let's get candy bar instead of uh, candy cookie dough. Bar. 
We're going to come back to Whole Foods in a minute, and Amanda is going to try Halo Top for the first time ever. But first, we're going to talk to Zan Romanoff, a writer who writes a lot about health trends, to find out just how Halo Top got as big as they did. To start off, can you tell us what is Halo Top for people who don't know? Yeah, um, it's an ice cream brand, or it's a... I mean, I think technically it is ice cream. I was trying to research that before this. I'm like, can they really call themselves ice cream? But I believe they can. I, I certainly that is certainly what they call themselves. So that is their self. They are self-identified ice cream brand. Um, it started in 2012, and their deal is that they are um, not a diet ice cream brand, but a healthy ice cream brand. So in addition to having a very low calorie, a pint is I think 280 calories, um, which is about half uh, the a normal pint of ice cream. Um, they also have a bunch of protein in there. Um, so the idea is like you can have an entire pint of ice cream in one sitting and it's not only not super caloric, but you're actually like, you know, getting your protein, which is a big hot <laughs> ingredient uh, here in mm-hmm. 2018. And uh, yeah. they've they've uh, grown exponentially, right? Yeah. Um, I don't have the number right in front of me, but it's like their sales have grown by almost 3000%, I think, in the last two years. Um, it's just completely exploded. Um and and sort of, I mean, arguably, they say they've created a category. I haven't done the legwork on how true <laughs> that is, but I think it's certainly true that they have, in the public consciousness, sort of helped create a category, mm-hmm. um, which is this, like, healthy, you know, this the idea that, like, a dessert can be not just a diet dessert, which is sort of, like, abstemious and sad, but, like, no, it's, like, a healthy dessert, like, you know, um, which fits very neatly into wellness trends, which insists that, like, you know, doing the right thing for your body also always feels really good and indulgent, um, which is sort of how I came into this. Yeah. So why are you interested in Halo Top? <laughs> yeah. Um, as you can tell from the fact that I don't know what's in it, it's not something I eat very much of. <laughs> um, no, really what happened was that I um, got an email from a publicist, uh, as I do every day, and it was about Christina Tosi, who's the chef of Milk Bar, was doing a collaboration with SoulCycle. And they made like a Soul Fuel, you know, Milk Bar cookie uh And I just thought that was the weirdest thing in the whole world. (laughs) I'm like a longtime Milk Bar fan. I live in Los Angeles, but every time I'm in New York, I get a slice of crack pie. Uh, And I was like, what is Christina Tosi? You know, the like rainbow sprinkle, you know, truffle pop bomb, like fun dessert queen doing collaborating with like one of the biggest, you know, wellness health brands out there. Um, So when I started writing about that was when I started, you know, it was like, well, what's the what's driving this trend? And Halo Top was one of the first big things. Um, so I wrote a piece for Healthyish, which is bon Appetit, one of Bon Appetit's websites, sort of about the rise of healthy dessert and, and again about sort of the ways in which it plays into wellness culture and this idea that um, we don't ever have to make a choice. We can like do something that is both super healthy and like super fun and like looks indulgent without being indulgent. Yeah, this idea that we don't ever have to admit to ourselves that we're trying to be healthy or lose mm. weight, you know, which are sort of unfashionable ideas. And now. in that piece, you kind of talk about how it's not exactly healthy. Like, I don't, we don't need to get super philosophical here, but it's not healthy <laughs> to be eating a pint of this ice cream, even if it's low calorie. I mean, exactly. Like the, you know, there is protein in it, um, but otherwise it's nutritionally pretty empty. And I think psychologically, if you're in a place where you need to sit down and like gorge yourself on an entire pint of ice cream, which just like physically, like in terms of volume is a lot of food. It seems like maybe you're having an issue with food. Right. (laughs) And, you know, and if that's, I mean, I don't want to, you know, if you're in some kind of recovery or whatever, if having that pint is helpful to you and is helping you on a journey, like I don't want to dismiss that. It's like, yeah, girl, like binge Mm. it um, Mm -hmm. without ever questioning whether binge it is really a a great value for us to have. (laughs) 
Right? Yeah, that is something we should mention is that's part of the marketing campaign of Halo Top is um, stop when you get to the bottom. So you are kind of encouraged yeah. that you can you can indulge and have this entire pint and that's totally fine. Um, and I think nutritionists might not agree that that's such a good idea. Yeah, because you're you know you're training yourself to sort of think of food as something that keeps food on this. Like so, one of the, in in the um, scoop shops that Halo Top has opened, there's a big neon sign that says "Guilt Free Zone," and it's sort of like, okay, good. Like I don't want anyone to feel guilty about their food, but on the other hand, what you're saying is like you should feel guilty. You know, like other places right. you can feel guilty, right. you should feel guilt, but like in here, there's no guilt. It's like, can we just take guilt out of the conversation? Is that possible? Can we take binging out of the conversation? Is that possible? So yeah, it just it yeah, I felt like it touched on all these other sort of trends and and um, conversations in food that made me uncomfortable. And as usual, I was driven to find out why. <laughs> <laughs> why are they going into brick and mortar stores? So the answer is as a marketing ploy, which is sort of crazy when you think about what an investment like a brick and mortar store is. Um, when I was talking to Dan Bhutan, who's uh, I think their COO, I forget his exact job President. title. Um, he's president. Okay, he's, pre- he's president. Um, mm. He was saying he's like, you know, commercial real estate is a blood sport. Like getting these started has been super, super difficult. Um just in terms of like finding the right space and bidding on it and you know building it out and hiring employees, all that stuff. Like it's a huge investment. Um, but they really have completely taken over grocery store freezers. Like there's not a ton of growth for them left in that category. Um, when this is my favorite fact about this, when Walmart introduced Halo Top to their shelves, uh, it basically instantly they had seven flavors, and those were the top seven sellers at Walmart. So like. Oh my God. The least, the lowest selling Halo Top flavor at a Walmart was above the Ben and Jerry's or the, you know, dryers or like whatever other things. Like Halo Top, just top seven took it over. Yeah. They've conquered that game. That's, you know, (laughs) there are no more things left to, I'm butchering the quote. Um, (laughs) But so they were like, okay, so what's next? And they're like, well, how can we speak to a consumer that's not seeing Halo Top in grocery stores? How can we, or, you know, hasn't tried it yet? Like, how do we uh, reach them? And the answer is uh, to put it in malls, right? To make it sort of like that Froyo type experience where maybe like I personally wouldn't go buy like a healthy ice cream. Um, but if I'm walking around the mall and I want a snack, I might be yeah, like, oh yeah, I want a Froyo. Like I'll try a Halo Top Froyo. Um, so yeah, it really is a way of sort of building out their brand and uh, making sure that consumers know, consumers know the name. And then it is, you know, they're like, it's possible that it will eventually be profitable in its own right. You know, there are very uh, successful frozen yogurt chains. Um, You know, they could be the next Pinkberry or whatever it is. It is so interesting and I feel like modern that they want people interacting with their brand in real life and um, setting up a kind of experience. And it's almost like an activation for Halo Top versus a retail store. Oh, my God. Activation. Yes, that's (laughs) the word. (laughs) This is actually it's for the other like piece that I've written for Eater was about uh, Hello Kitty. And about how Sanrio, about how they've, they do all these licensing deals so that they can have like tons and tons of Sanrio products out there. But how in the last like decade or so, they've really gotten into food stuff because they can do activations with it. Um, right. It's not just like, oh, buying like a Hello Kitty branded thing. Um, it's going to a cafe and like eating a Hello Kitty branded meal. And then you put it on Instagram and it, you know, again, it's brand awareness. And I had a lot of conversations with them about how like, activations are the thing that food brands are trying to do now mm. in order to you know to get, to get people to come and, and to like share on social like that's really kind of the gold standard in certain ways i mean obviously the gold gold standard is people buying your product right and to that point what do these stores look like uh they're super cute they're super instagrammable 
um, I only went there. So there's two in LA and then they were doing a pop-up in New York sort of as a precursor and a, you know, market test for what one would look like ultimately in New York. I don't think they've announced anything on that front yet, but yeah, they're, you know, they're adorable. They have like neon signs and they have like a wall of copper spoons and they're cute. They're a little bit quirky. Like they're a hundred percent designed to be shared on social. What does this trend tell you about ice cream as a whole, have you seen it affect any other brands or any other brands taking a shot at Halo Top? Yeah, absolutely. Ben & Jerry's has released now a, ve- a line of vegan flavors, um, which I think is just super telling. And then they also have, they have vegan flavors and they just did their own like low calorie pints, which I think are around the Halo Top calorie number. You can see the big brands definitely are seeing like, oh, this is the trend. This is the thing that's being profitable. You know, we can add that into our lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do think in general, yeah, like healthy dessert is sort of coming up as this idea, this concept that like we can move away from making desserts that just say what they don't have in them and say, you know, oh, but it ha- you know, it doesn't have X, Y, and Z calories, but it also has, you know, turmeric and whatever other trendy wellness ingredient you want to put in a dessert. To, to you, is this an ice cream story or a current state of health story? I think totally it's a larger state of food story. And that's, yeah, that's how I, you know, got interested in it. As I say, like, I'm not, um, I don't know, I write about all kinds of things, but dessert has not typically been one of my beats. <laughs> mm. But I do, I write a lot about about sort of wellness culture um, and what the sort of unexamined assumptions of wellness culture are. Like when, you know, we sort of make these claims and have these slogans, like what are they pointing to? What are they, and what are they pointing us away from? Like what are they trying to sort of distract us from thinking about? And I I don't know why I feel bad saying this. Halo Top's not very good. (laughs) Um, When I was writing these pieces and like talking to friends about it, literally everyone's response was like, but Halo Top's disgusting. Mm. I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't eat it. That's not... (laughs) That's not what we're talking about. You know, yeah, it's not really a story about like what we want our ice cream to taste like. It's a story about what we want our ice cream to make us feel like. And that for some people is is worth more. You know, that's something that they're willing to buy. Maybe it's just a factor of how much my brain has been mushed by the internet and by health trends. But Halo Top to me is like alchemy. Looking at the back of it, I think it is better than it should be for mm-hmm. what it has in it. And, and that's enough for me to get excited about it. I think it's more like the modern day diet food. You know, like I, when I was a teenage girl dieting, I would eat snack wells or like whatever the diet Uh food was at at the end of the day. And it's the same thing. It's still not good for you. It just Mm -hmm. has fewer calories than the thing you could have had. Except now they add a bunch of, they add 20 grams of protein to it and you get to pretend it's like a health food. See, the protein is, a lot of the protein is, 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 is just because they're labeling it, though. Like, right, right, but cream. that's what they're using as yeah. a marketing ploy. It's just weird. I will say, actually, that one of my good friends is pre-diabetic and has had to go on, like, a pretty strict diet to try and, like, you know, change those numbers. And we, she was, like, she was the only person. She's like, look, Halo Top's not that good, but it's the ice cream that I can eat without, like, gen- there's, like, genuine health issues involved. Um, and she's like, for me to be able to have ice cream is such a... Uh, pleasure, you know, that it is actually worth it and it is a pleasure for me. So, like, yeah, I don't want to... Again, there are absolutely reasons and there are niches for this to, like, belong in people's lives. I just... My own personal food calculus, and this is different for everyone, is, like, I would much rather have, you know, a small bowl of, like, real ice cream than a whole pint of Halo Top. Um, 
But I recognize that that calculus for various reasons doesn't work for everybody. There are people who for whom this is the best option. Um, and we shouldn't be so cynical about it. Yeah. But if I'm you, not cynical. But if you don't, <laughs> you don't have restrictions. Just eat a smaller amount of very good ice cream. I mean, also though, but if you're so like Dan, if you're saying if you enjoy it, like enjoy it. That's right. you know, like I have no problem. I, I, yeah, I never want to say like you don't enjoy that. That's not good. Yeah. I just, I guess, I think also that for me, it's also it is. Yeah, this question of like whether it's ice cream or it's an ice cream story or it's a you know, story about other things. I'm less interested in the debate over like, is it actually good or not? Um, and much more interested in like, why is it this particular thing has been mm-hmm. such a crazy success in the way that it has? Because the taste is arguable, right? Anyway, has more to do with all yeah. these other factors and the way that it gets talked about. Dan, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you guys. Really fun to talk to you. <laughs> we are upstairs, upstairs in Whole Foods, trying out some Halo Top. Man, first take. <laughs> My first take is the wrapping on the top has writing on it. It says guilt-free zone, all in caps. Ooh, I'm ready. Keep digging. Both of those are somewhat problematic, but I guess let's just be chill. All right, mint chip. Here you go. Let's give it a shot. First of all, you know, it should be said that they're not coloring their mint chip. It's white. It's just straight I white. I like that. Yeah. It tastes, it tastes fine. It's a little grainy. It's actually pretty icy. I definitely... It's so good. I think it definitely tastes like diet ice cream. Like, it's not fulfilling me in the way that I would want it it to. It should be noted again that the calories for the entire pint are the same as they would be for one serving of an equivalent ice cream. Wouldn't you rather have a serving of something that's really, really perfect? No, but see, this is... For for me, I'd rather rather dummy something. I'd rather just take something down. I'd rather have something watered down and have a lot of it. I want to just keep eating until I get bored. <laughs> All right, so now Amanda's trying the, the dairy-free oh, product. This is terrible. Caramel macchiato. Yeah, it's terrible. Coconut-based. Oh, it's really bad. It, like, tastes like chemicals, and it's chalky in its texture. Um, like, leaves a really bad aftertaste. So you would just never eat this? And, and like, feeling on your tongue. Oh, my God, this is, like, terrible. Would you eat this? Yeah, I would eat this. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Like, what's different about us is where we're coming from not just in terms of palate, but I think in terms of like what we're looking for in our food. I actually think your approach is correct. Like well, no one's correct. It's n- just like, I think you are correct. I would want to live in the world where I was only willing to. I was not interested in consuming anything sweet unless it was something artisanal or something where someone is trying to make the best possible tasting thing. Mm-hmm. Or it's something junky that you believe in. Like Cherry Garcia from Ben and Jerry's is something junky that I believe in. Absolutely, but I would say that Cherry Garcia is something that they think is the best possible right, version of that not product. Cutting quarters. They have a diet one that I would never eat. We want to talk about ice cream in restaurants on this episode of the ice cream upsell. So not just retail, but also what's going on in the world of restaurants. So to do that, we brought on our associate restaurant editor, Monica Burton, who has covered this quite a bit. And there are a couple different trends we want to talk about. First up, Monica, let's talk about soft serve. So soft serve has been in restaurants for a few years now, and it's just really ramped up in the last year. Um, And there are a few reasons why restaurants are putting soft serve machines in their kitchens, um, and they are. <laughs> what are they? Yeah. Sorry, what, what are those reasons? <laughs> what are the reasons? <laughs> well, there are three different reasons, pretty much. Uh, one, it's really easy 
to have a soft serve machine in your restaurant. Two, kind of related, it makes for a really good texture with regular ice cream. It could be too cold or too hard, but soft serve is going to be the perfect texture every time. And then also a lot of um, chefs say that they want soft serve because it's nostalgic and they want that fun factor at the end of a meal. And what we've noticed also is that it ends up being the only option. Like, I think Christina Tosi, you said, has started this, like, back yeah. in, in... She may not be the, the first person, but she's, mm-hmm. she's, like, one of the first chefs that we know of to put a soft-serve machine in a restaurant. She did it in 2007 when she took over the dessert program at Noodle Bar. Um, and she said she did it just because she uh, had really fond memories of going to Dairy Queen, um, but also because she needed to get out a lot of desserts quickly and she needed them to be consistent. Um, and soft serve really solves all of those problems. Mm-hmm. But now you see it at Suvla in San Francisco. You mm-hmm. see it in, I don't know, I feel like the places you've covered doing this ranges across the entire country. Yeah. So if the fast casual restaurants have really taken to soft serve because you don't need a pastry chef to have a great dessert that is soft serve. And you can also adapt soft serve to any kind of restaurant. Like Martina tops it with Italian flavors like Mm -hmm. Amaro, chocolate syrup, and hazelnuts and things like that. And then Suvla can top their soft serve with Middle Eastern flavors. And the same is true of restaurants that have other desserts. It's like super adaptable. So it seems like before Christina Tosi did it or before whenever it started in 2000 something, soft serve wasn't a cool thing like ice cream could be a cool way to end a fancy dinner but soft serve definitely was not yeah like we would you would see ice cream or gelato Mm -hmm. but not soft serve but then like I remember Takashi doing it this was a it's still around but it's a West Village restaurant that focuses on meat and that was the one dessert they had at the end was this like really nice soft serve um but now, I f- what, that was like years and years ago, but now you're seeing it just like everywhere you go. Coat, I think, is a good mm-hmm. example that you've talked about, Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've definitely talked to people who are like, I saw Christina Tosi doing this, and then I wanted to do it. And Christina Tosi says she like consults with um, other pastry chefs who want to figure out how to do soft serve. Um, I'm sure now there are a ton of people who know how to do soft serve. But once you figure out how to make the base, it's pretty easy to mm-hmm. do. Does it strike fear into the hearts of pastry chefs? I don't think so. The, sc- the scary machine. <laughs> no, this idea yeah. that like this machine will replace you. Like, oh, who needs a pastry chef? In that way, chef? yes. I was yeah. like, I thought, it's a fun challenge to figure out the base. No, no I was like, okay, yes. who needs you? <laughs> we'll just get this soft serve machine and yeah. like, put a bunch of creative toppings on top. Yeah. I feel like it's mostly happening in fast casual where you wouldn't really have a, face- right. a pastry chef to begin with. Um, but there are places like Coat where, yeah, it's like they it, could have had they desserts. They could have had desserts. But they have soft serve. And the machine is pretty expensive too, right? You can get them used. They're like anywhere between like four thousand dollars and like fourteen thousand dollars. But it's cheaper. One time investment. Yeah, cheaper than a pastry chef for sure. <laughs> One other related trend that we read about a few months ago when Pete Wells wrote a kind of rant about it is hot fudge sundays or ice cream sundays appearing on menus, especially in New York. Um, And he was arguing that it's kind of lazy and they're doing it in lieu of a complicated pastry program. Have you seen that and have you seen that nationally? Yeah, um, I think that's definitely true. But you're also seeing a lot of ice cream sundaes alongside other desserts. Um, and right, it's not like the only. It's not. It's thing. like yeah. It's it's the only thing mostly at fast casual restaurants, I think. But other places use it 
to supplement other desserts. Agree. Yeah, I mean, we, I we, Amanda, we fight about this a lot. I kind of agree with Pete. Like, I see what he's saying that it's it's a cheap trick. Like, it's getting more applause and appreciation than it deserves for the level of work. Mm-hmm. And you say like, that's fine, but I love my ice cream sundae. So like, yeah, it's a delicious dessert. Why not? Why does something have to be super technique heavy? Yeah. Especially if it is accompanying other desserts as part of a program from a pastry chef. Like, what's the harm in that? Versus the soft serve thing, which I think you if you were a pastry chef, you could be like, fuck that. Like, coat, let me have a job making you all kinds of delicious, intricate things. Sure, but we've talked before about how it's it's important to support pastry programs mm-hmm. at restaurants where they have employee a pastry chef. And if you don't, then the pastry the art of pastry chefery or pa- being a pastry chef is going to die out. Are you still going to order a sundae if you don't – if they don't have other pastry chef desserts? Like if they are just cheating the system and playing on your nostalgia? Oh, me personally? Of course, yeah. every time. Right. We'll say if, if that's the dessert, why not order it? <laughs> I mean I think that Daniela would – Daniela, our, our pastry expert, would argue that it was a cop-out. Well, I think what Monica was saying, which I think is right, is that most places that are serving ice cream sundaes also have other things too. But that's why I'm asking if – like, would you still support the ice cream sundae if that's the only thing oh, they had? Oh, it was the only thing they had? I mean, I, yeah. of course, would. But <laughs> I could see Daniela not doing it. Are you going to talk about um, Vin Diesel and his misunderstanding of ice cream sundae? I mean, glasses? that can certainly be a component <laughs> of it. What is that? Vin Diesel walked away. He ordered an ice cream sundae from a shop and just, like, walked away with the cute, like, ice cream parlor glass. Like, like it was an ice cream cone. He took it? He stole yeah. it. He took the glass? He stole it. <laughs> yeah. But, like, a friendlies, like, a classic yeah, yeah, yeah. boss glass. <laughs> he just doesn't Why? understand how ice cream sundaes work, I guess. That's amazing. Rich but people. Re- <laughs> he didn't grow up rich, though. Like, he no, must have known. No. You can't just take the plateware everywhere. He doesn't. that. Call him. But Rihanna keeps getting caught taking wine glasses out of clubs, right? That yeah, that's somewhat cooler. Though. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> she's just having too much fun. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. Oh, you think? That's... I don't think Vin Diesel knew what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> what went through his head? Like this is maybe this disposable. is a glass ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, can you tell me? Give me without naming names. Uh, what? Give me a story from the worst job applicant interview you've ever had? Oh, God. You got any good ones? <laughs> What's the biggest I, waste of time? I've, okay, so I've been interviewing a bunch of people this past week, so I can't say I had any bad ones, mm-hmm. but there is something to be said for when you're looking at your watch the whole time and you look <laughs> down and you see that like only seven minutes have passed and you're just like, oh, fuck, I have 23 more minutes to talk to this person. You have to use the whole 30 minutes, right? You can't just end it 10 minutes in. I feel like that's like a, a little date? rude. Like, you, you know, you're like, actually, oh, I have an emergency. My friend's calling me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, in terms of maximizing your time, it would be so fantastic, would it not, if every candidate if that showed up to that... every candidate was perfect. Yes. ...was perfect, or at least, you know, brought something different to the table yeah, or yep, was... Yep. You know, there's a service online called, you know about this service. Is it ZipRecruiter? It's ZipRecruiter. Okay. You know, it is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within just one day. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free with this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash eat. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-A-T. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash eat. ZipRecruiter is... The smartest way to hire? How'd you know? You know. And now back to creme glacée. Ice cream. 
Amanda, to round out the episode, it doesn't doesn't matter how you feel about Halo Top. It doesn't matter if you're on Team Dan or Team Clute. Uh, it is not the best pint in the world. It is not the best Probably not. pint you can bring home. So we wanted to find out what was the best pint mm-hmm. you can bring home for some for some takeaways from this episode. Yeah. Uh, we asked our entire New York staff who was very excited about an ice cream pint. And how many did we get? Six or seven? Yep. Six or seven people submitted their favorite pint. So we brought them all to the studio with their pint, maybe a little melty, and we brought two expert judges, Bill Addison, who was our national roving critic and a former pastry chef, Daniela Galarza, who is our senior editor and also a former pastry Mm -hmm. chef. We are going to have them try everyone's ice cream. We are going to give everyone 60 seconds or something. Sell it. To sell it, to, to explain why their pint is the best. you got to have a good pint, but you got to have a good pitch as well. First up, we want to know from our esteemed judges, what do you look for in a pint of ice cream that you can get at the supermarket or online? I read the ingredients on the back. It's really snotty, but I do. Oh. I look. To Will see... you be doing that as a judge today? Um, maybe. I, I do look to see like what's stabilizing it, what's keeping it smooth and silky, and if they're using a lot of gums or like other ingredients to keep it smooth and from getting icy. Bill, no. what do you look for? Um, I mean, I also am an ingredient peeker, uh, uh, but then the proof <laughs> is, you know, kind of in the taste. So yeah. I want like, you know, like... Do you want something more pristine? Do you want something junkier? I'm not so much in the junky camp. I want fruit, intensity chocolate. flavor. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a, you know, fruit. I'm the fruit guy. Uh-huh. Right, yes. How vanilla, chocolate, me? caramel, vanilla? What do you think? Vanilla. I vanilla. Okay. Always with the vanilla. I vanilla. love vanilla ice cream. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's hard to get right. It's it is so, so hard to get right. It's hard to get right. When I really want to impress a date, I make them vanilla ice cream. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. We're getting into it. Now we know. <laughs> so you guys have probably had most of these ice creams but like Bill let's say you're faced with one that has that intense flavor that you're looking for but it's got some weird chunky shit in it how are you going to appraise that I mean, I'll just take it as it comes, man. All right. Yeah. I don't mind a little like texture crunch, but yeah. Yeah. Being really good impartial judge. Okay. So how's this going to work? Our contestant is going to come up and give their pitch as to why they believe their ice cream should win and is the best. Then you guys will try it and figure out amongst yourselves. Are we going to? Yeah, they're going to have to come up with an out of ten. Out of ten. Out of ten. Okay. Okay. But you have to agree. Okay. So, and then we'll it's like figure jury out which duty, one is the best. there's only two of you. Yeah. Fun. Uh, so first up, Haagen-Dazs chocolate peanut butter from Steph Tudor. Steph from Tudor. From Eater, New York. Bill, Danielle, it's a pleasure to appear before you today. Um, <laughs> as you are tasting this Haagen-Dazs ice cream, I'd like to first wet your palate with the fact that there are no gums, there are no stabilizers, there are no artificial ingredients, no genetically modified ingredients, and no milk or creams that come from cows that have been treated with the steroid RBST. So, with that in mind, please try this Haagen-Dazs chocolate peanut butter ice cream that, in my humble opinion, is... A very nice chocolatey flavor with a super smooth base. And then the peanut butter that's throughout stays really crunchy and chunky, but has a really silky feel as you bite into it. And I personally like to chew my ice cream, which I know, you know, everyone has different preferences in the texture of their ice cream. Right, that's, but that's probably a minute. Like, you know, let's, let's, let's hold all of this. It's a pro presentation, though. Seriously. Yeah. I'm impressed. Starting high. Yeah. Yeah. Go. <laughs> oh, man. All right. 
Bill has his eyes closed. That's how Bill tastes. It's it's the best. He's <laughs> very good at yeah. He's, no, he's a professional. I would say that the chocolate is a very soft chocolate. It's a very milk chocolatey sort of flavor. Um, I do agree that it has a, a general pleasing watching prime time at, at 9 p.m. on a Tuesday night kind of feeling to it. And um, I guess the thing that I like the most about it is the balance between chocolate and peanut butter. Seems pretty right on to me. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, like Stephanie's description of the peanut butter being a little bit um, crunchy it was like throwing me off at first. But I see what you mean by that, that there are like little flecks of peanut butter. It's not a swirl. It's not totally emulsified in there either. It was so interesting. Is this the perfect pint? And out of – or what, what is it out of 10? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is the first one we have yeah, to give out of 10. we have to give out of 10. Uh, so – Mm. I mean, I guess I'd, I'd rate this pretty high. Same. Like eight? seven, eight. Eight? Yeah. Do you want to wow. say? Wow. Nice. Mm. Good job, All right, Steph. everyone. Good luck to you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have haagen cookie and Cookies and Cream. This is from Ezra. Hi. Do you want to give your pitch? Uh, well, um, Team haagen I think Stephanie pretty much covered that it's got no bad shit in it so yeah I'm gonna piggyback off her pitch um but the reason why I love it is because I like you guys really love vanilla and I agree it's a really hard flavor to master um so I really like it because it's got that great vanilla base and also it's kind of not like other cookies and cream where the I guess quote-unquote oreos in this aren't like your typical oreos so they're not like overly sweet they've got that like kind of dark chocolate feel and they're pretty soft in there, so as I chew the ice cream, I do that too. It's kind of like nice and soft, and it's just really great. It's it's the pint that's always there when you need it, like when you're drunk and you're streaming <laughs> Netflix and you're like cookies, cookies and cream. So wow. it's always at Seven Eleven, and that's all I really want in ice cream. Yeah, I don't know if that is part of our equation, but some of these are easier to get than others. Um, hmm. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to put much planning into getting no. this. You can get it on the fly. I'm noticing right off the bat that it's um, the chunks of cookie are, are pretty big in there. It's some other They're very places. generous. Yeah. yeah. Like if you get like an Oreo McFlurry, it's all mixed up together. Like yeah. I'd go like six, seven. Six. Six. Oof. I'll take it. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. For an everyday ice cream, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next up, Serena. Serena Ty. Her ice cream is Nuna's. It's a toasted rice flavor, and I'm actually quite nervous because I'm so obsessed with this ice cream. And if you guys don't like it, it's going to be... I sometimes take it personally. Jenna Bush like spit it out on the Today Show. So um, Jenna Bush is Jenna Bush's bad taste. So it's fine. Um, Aren't you on that? I brought it onto the Today Show last year, and she spit it out. I hate Jenna Bush. Anyway, so um, anyway, Nuna's is amazing. This is Brooklyn woman doing small batch ice cream and toasted rice. So you know when you're having a bowl of rice and it's crisping against a bowl and just that little burnt flavor and, and it's just caramelized and savory. That's what this ice cream flavor is based on. It is the most complex packaged ice cream I've had in my life. And sometimes I would prefer it to even just go into a scoop shop because the flavor is that good. It's smooth. It's like a really, you know, when you're having a good vanilla and it feels simple, it's like that, but with just a little extra kick. Um, so you can kind of keep eating it, but it's not too sweet. It's not too rich. It's an ice cream that you can keep eating. Um, and it's interesting and a little bit savory, but also a little bit sweet. And it just hits all these umami flavors. It's amazing. 
pass I, it over. Yeah, yeah. Game. go Hitch for game. it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The enthusiasm is. Yeah. And this is one that you cannot get at your supermarket, but you can get it on Gold Belly. That's correct. Yes, but if you live in Austin, you can pick it up. Mm. Oh, yeah. They have it in a bunch of, it's a little melty. So New York and Austin. Bill, were you you talking about a specific ingredient in there? Are you unhappy with something? I wasn't unhappy necessarily. I see locust bean gum. I see guar gum. We're just commenting. What does that tell you? Um, That's how they stabilize. Mm -hmm. What what does a Haagen-Dazs use as a stabilizer? Nada. Oh, nothing. But oh, it's wow. riskier when they do that. I'm I'm like watching Bill's Bill's face have a a really happy moment. <laughs> uh, I agree with that expression that you had there. I mean, like you said, it's the the flavor of crispy rice. I've never had this ice cream before, but it reminds me of Tadik, like the Persian crispy rice. Mm. And I love that mm. in like Tadik with like a lot of butter on top is yeah. kind of what I like about it. Yep. Mm. And a little sugar sprinkled over, but mm-hmm. not too much. No, it's not that sweet at all. It's really nice. This would be so good on top of a fruit pie. Word. Oh, but like, mmm, like an apricot pie. Yes. Something with the nutty, almondy, sesame thing for an echo. Yes. Yes. I'm feeling pretty good about my chances here. (laughs) Nine? Solid nine. Solid nine. Wow. All right. All right, next up, Map Buchanan. With One Sweet World from Ben and Jerry's. All right, Matt, 60 seconds on the clock. I mean, I don't really have much of a pitch for this. This ice cream is just real fucking trashy and messy. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to say what's in it? It's coffee ice cream, which I typically don't like because most coffee ice creams are trying too hard. This one isn't. Um, there's some marshmallow goop shit in there, which is, has like an interesting like textural thing usually, although it's pretty melty now. So, you know, God knows what it's going to be like. Um, and, uh, I don't know, I like the chocolate chunks. If you're going to go chunks and ice cream, you might as well, like, really, like, go for it. I'm just, like, I, in my ice cream thing, I think you either, I prefer either, like, you go hardcore purist or hardcore trash, and, like, this is, like, on the trash end of the spectrum. And there's also, like, caramel in it, but it's, like, not salted, so it's just, like, it's an overly sweet ice cream. It's, like, an insane amount of sugar. So it's it's a full trash brigade. I don't like calling ice cream trash. It's like a delicious, perfect thing. But I get it. But there's you, a lot you know, of stuff in this. There's a dichotomy between this is not a pure a junky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's coffee, caramel, marshmallow, chocolate chunks. It's a lot of shit. Even like the coffee ice cream just itself, without the other stuff, is really sweet. Mm-hmm. Bill did not close his eyes for this. One. <laughs> 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 um, it tastes like childhood. My childhood, my suburban, white, middle American, mid-Atlantic, southern childhood. I love the texture of the chocolate chunks. There's definitely some oil in them, making them not super oh, hard. Take a gander at that ingredient list. Yeah, that is quite an ingredient list. Yeah. Or butter. It's possibly it's mixed with butter, um, and then it's just easier to chew. So when it's frozen, it still sort of like melts as you chew it. Really I, don't, nice I don't love combo. a lot of Ben & Jerry's. This is one I just happened to get one day, and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. I just couldn't eat a lot of that, but yeah. I don't dislike it. Would it sit perfectly atop an apricot pie? <laughs> <laughs> no, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would go in a waffle cone really well, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, it would go in a waffle cone really well. It's a sundae in a pint. It's a full-on nice. ice cream sundae in a pint. Yep. Yeah, so, it tastes sort of like um, chocolate chip cookie dough with, like, 
a whole lot of stuff thrown in. Apparently, it's going to the money from it is going to build some kind of community center in Sweden or something. Oh, so oh wait, this is like the best. Wow, wow. So last ditch a We get a bad review. It suddenly. <laughs> is that true? Or did you just make that up? No, that's that would be an it's, awesome. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's literally limited batch because like it's for like some kind of community building thing somewhere. Yeah, in sweet world. They're gonna build a little bit. That's of That's why the name is so corny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's a real like fucking a Mariah Carey and Boyz II Men duet. <laughs> Do we have a, a rating here? Seven. You're so generous. Uh, <laughs> six. You have to agree. Six. You have to compromise. I'll go down. I'll go down. I'll go up. It's for Matt. It's the charity seven. Seven. It's the charity. Yeah, yeah, like charity. Charity. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Seven. Asterisk. Yeah. All right, Pellin, yeah. you're up. Talenti being represented on the Talenti. table here. Talenti. Oh. The one and only. Go ahead. I was always... Um, I will preface this by saying that I, like Bill, am a bougie bitch that likes fruit-flavored <laughs> things. Um, but Is that from... you classify me? Good to <laughs> Absolutely. <know. laughs> um, but... Unfortunately, readily available, good quality fruit ice cream is hard to find. In so New York. This, in, yeah. In, yeah. And on the West Coast, it's much easier to find. Oh, I bet. <laughs> You're annoying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he is absolutely right. I'm, I'm a I California agree. defender. I agree. Um, but this is what I like when I want something desserty. And uh, two things to know about me. I am both Middle Eastern and British, which means I really like sweet everything which is the former like middle easterners as daniela knows loves sugar love anything in excess so this is very sweet um but i also grew up on my favorite cadbury's which was the cadbury's caramel um chocolate bar so this to me is the perfect meeting of two of these worlds but i really like it because it is that salt that you said was missing in the previous one, uh, generous with the salt. I like anything salty and sweet. Um, and this, I think, does it really well. I will say... Wait, there's chocolate in here, too. There is. So oh. they're the kind of caramel, the chewy yeah, caramel pieces okay. of chocolate. Um, and I don't know if I've just been really lucky because I have heard that they're not that great with um, divvying up their pieces in equal amounts in each pint. I don't know whether I've been really lucky and just gotten a generous amount every time because that's been my favorite part. Um, And I will say that I do not like Talenti, generally speaking. And if I was to pick a Talenti, I think this one carries the entire line. So that's my 60 seconds. Oh, I forgot time on there. Wow, she got Um, some extra time in. Am I way over? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to say, like, as we're... I don't know if you noticed that the... This has been sitting out just as long as the others, yeah. and look at how stable it is. That that comes across, and when I'm when it's like melting in your mouth too for me. Yep. Love me. I want to like it more. Same. <laughs> I want nuance. I want the salt to resonate through more. I want. Oh, sorry. You're breaking He's my heart. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> But my childhood, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) I I want your, I love your Cadbury story. (laughs) I even went to the factory, Bill. (laughs) Call it Daniela. Five. (laughs) Five. Ooh, a quiet five. Is that worse than a loud five? five? It's a three. Because we like, yeah, it's a five because we like It was a great sales pitch and also... I mean, yeah, it has. It's like a good, good like con- a good concept. Five. Like the concept is great. 
It's fine. I'm the concept. Millie with Van Leeuwen Honeycomb. Millie, you are on the clock. The thing that I love most about this is how simple it is. There aren't any chunks of shit in there. It's just like creamy, good flavor. You can very easily eat the entire pint in one sitting and feel completely fine after. It also tastes a lot like a cereal that I used to eat growing up. I realize you're not the audience for this. Um, It was called Crunchy Nut. It kind of tastes a lot like... um, Honey Nut Cheerios, Cheerios yeah. um, and Ooh. it's kind of like that, um, and I know we've all said the cereal thing, so that's clearly why we all love our ice creams, um, but that's part of why I love it, too. Great. I'm excited to try. I've never had this. Same. Mm. Mm. Oh, that flavor is nice. It's almost a little nutty, like they toasted the honey a little. They put brown rice syrup in here. That's oh. why. I like that. <laughs> I didn't know that. I like this a lot. I do too. Eight. Yeah, eight. Great. All right. You're like, I'm just going to take this now. Steven. Yeah. Awesome. You're up. <laughs> All right. So I'm obsessed with Ample Hills. I live in Prospect Heights, and this is oh. my neighborhood. Wait, that's I don't know if I'm this saying. is national, but I guess it probably is at this you point. Can get it. Yeah, they ship. Um, great. So they can ship it to you. I'm obsessed with it because I love oatmeal and I love um, cinnamon. Mm. And so those two combinations together are like amazing to me. Um, also, if you like cookie sandwiches, this is like kind of the perfect little bite. It's, it has tons of chunks in it. Oh. Um, yeah, that's pretty much my go for it. Oh, look at how gooey that is on the mm. inside. <laughs> yeah, it's really melty. Oh. Yeah, they're all a little melty. <laughs> Since you're going last, yours is the meltiest. Mm-hmm. But I think our judges can probably see past the yep. that aspect. Hmm. Ooh, they're both going in for double bites. Bill? It's my favorite. Wow! Oh. Yes. Really? Wow. Wow. toasted rice. I really didn't have to sell that this at all. Is like so actually... This is a disagreement we're having. Uh, this is the all first right. time. Oh, I don't love it. You don't love it? Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't know. I. It's because you hate cinnamon. It's possible <laughs> that I don't love cinnamon as much as I love vanilla-based flavors. Right. Uh, yeah, that's maybe why. Wow. So, Daniela, what's your out of 10? Like a six? Yeah. And Bill, nine? Uh, uh, I don't know. A six? It's okay. It's okay. Wow. I, I do think I think cinnamon is a divisive flavor. Yeah. I'm a little offended. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Had you brought ooey gooey butter cake? That might have been. No, I stay in my lane. Like, I right. always get that. <laughs> okay, every fair. Time. Wait, so, but Bill, what do you like about it? It tastes like um, fruit crisp topping in an ice cream form. <gasps> that is such a good description. So you could actually serve this with, like, sautéed fruit yeah yes. nectarines like and peaches, peaches. and yes. then it's a deconstructed <laughs> upside down cold cobbler that's what i'm talking about sister oh. yep yeah for, i think bill sold me bill sold me that's such a great per- but that's, wait that's okay. a great point that I, the rice dough. but like if i'm just eating this like this i'm never gonna enjoy you it to try the rice again what did you say what did you say for this what number i would have said a nine i would have said a nine, not a ten there were no tens here today okay yeah but oh, this so is for you, fun. So for you, it would have almost tied with toasted rice. It definitely, yeah. I would mm. now have had to battle it out with toasted rice mm. internally. And for Daniela, toasted rice toasted is rice an wins. easy win. So then mm. I 
seems like I think toasted rice is the winner. Toasted rice is but the winner. But this is very like <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Congratulations, yeah. Serena Die, for picking the perfect pint. <laughs> of course, it is the one that requires you going to goldbelly.com to order it. <laughs> or living in New York or Austin. Okay, so she just started a couple years ago and she's not doing a scoop shop and she's very focused on expanding her. And I'm already seeing it in bodegas. Previously you had to go to specialty grocery stores, and you can now actually pick them up in a lot of bodegas. So I, it's growing very quickly. I love the not too sweetness. Same. Yeah, Same. that's where I'm at. That's why I actually, I, I actually really dislike sweet. Ample Hills because of that. I think Ample Hills is too sweet. Mm-hmm. I know wow! That they... right, don't go back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to defend, but Thanks so much for listening to the show. Uh, we hope you really enjoyed it, and there were some takeaways, some great takeaways. What did you learn, Dan? What did I learn? You don't want to talk about it. It's too sensitive. No, I guess like in. <laughs> so we're doing this after. And what I learned, truly what I learned in editing this is that I I think, I think I'm wrong for liking Halo Top. And I know I kind of said that in the middle of it, Mm -hmm. but I want to get to a point in my food choices where I'm only eating things that I think are Are truly delicious, truly delicious or the best thing for that moment. You know, like I'm going to go hiking and I'm not going to have the best trail mix or whatever in the world. But I don't care about that. I'm, I'm, I don't think there's ever a reason for me to eat Hell Top. I probably will continue to do it, but it's just a... Good. I mean, I don't want to be the snob here, but I'm really proud of you. Yeah. Great. Uh, I learned learn? Ben and Jerry's is way sweeter than I remember. Have, have oh, tried you, all these, these are these are surface surface learns. I didn't have deep learnings. <laughs> Sometimes you just learn surface things. All right, go Hagen on. Hagen-Dazs is great. It has no stabilizers. It has very few that's, ingredients. That's a thing. So I didn't realize. I I thought that Hagen-Dazs had just become kind of tacky and just a five an afterthought. Yeah. But the fact that both Bill and Daniela said that their go-to was a Hagen-Dazs. I've been buying more Hagen-Dazs since the episode. Clap, clap. And I'm really just like fully on board now. Mm-hmm. So Haagen-Dazs fan now for life. Uh, if you want to hear more huge takeaways, <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned for next week. Uh, and maybe pass the show on to a friend if you liked it. Find us on Twitter and Instagram and sign up for Amanda's newsletter. Well, I don't remember what the link is, but we'll put it in the description. Sure.